Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's our first worldwide open reading. Very happy to uh, have you listening. And I'd like to invite anyone listening to call in and participate in the open reading. Um, have some poetry ready. I'd be happy to put you on the air and let you share uh, your work with the entire world and possibly the entire universe. I'm not exactly sure who's listening. To call in, um, just dial area code 646-716-7362. And um, I'll see your phone number on the little control panel. I'll put you on the air, and you will have the chance to read your poetry. Um, Rules. Open readings always have rules. Um, Less so here on this particular show, Uh, so, um, but here they are anyway. Um, call in and read anything you want. That's pretty much our rule. So, um, if you can live with that, then we'd love to hear uh, what it is that you uh, what what it is that you have to read. You don't have to read your own work if you're uh, nervous about that. You can read one of your favorite poems by someone else. Um, there are no content or style restrictions. Go nuts! It's the internet. Um, you can also be completely naked when reading as well, and no one will ever know. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the uh, I'm the uh, MC of this show and uh, also the guy behind the Poetry Superhighway. And uh, again, really happy to have you uh, listening. So if you if you want all the information in case uh, you forget the phone number, um, uh, though I suppose if you're listening, you probably have to be at the Blog Talk Radio page where the phone number is just sitting right there, staring at you. But just in case for some reason that's not happening, um, just go to BlogTalkRadio.com slash PSH, and uh, there not only can you listen to the show, which again is a silly thing for me to say because you're already listening, uh, but also you can see the phone number right up there in the uh, upper left-hand uh, corner. Maybe it's the upper right. I'm actually not even looking at it. It's it's somewhere on the page, and it says something like, here's a phone number that you can use to call in. Um, so, But perhaps your, uh, your uh, vision is impaired, or your child has come and painted... Uh, your screen, uh, which uh, makes it impossible to utilize, but for some reason the speakers are still working. If that's the case, um, once again, the phone number is area code 646-716-7362. You can also send us a message uh, via my instant message, uh, America Online Instant Message, which is uh, Rick Poet. And um, I'll be happy to read your message. And if you have something important to add via that instant message, I'll share it with the folks on the radio. So screen names, Rick Poet, send a message, um, etc. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the poetry contest that we are having on the Poetry Superhighway. Um, we have over 100 poems entered so far in our contest, which started in, um, at the beginning of this month. And, or was it the end of June? I don't really remember, and um, I don't take good notes. So, uh, But it started before now, and uh, already we have over 100 poems entered. And um, the, uh, the deadline to enter your poetry, if you're interested, is September 22nd. So plenty of time. Um, but here's the deal. So you can enter as many poems as you want. There is a $1 per poem entry fee. So if you enter one poem, it costs you a dollar. If you enter 10 poems, it costs you 10 bucks. Uh, any number of poems that you want, um, you email them to us at um, contest at poetrysuperhighway.com. And once I receive your entry fee, I will forward them off to the judges. 
with your name removed. So the judges don't have any idea who you are. They just see your work, and it's a completely unbiased, uh, blind judging. They send back the scores, and in uh, at the end of September, um, I will know who the winner is, and we'll have a special show here on PSH Live where I will announce the winner first. And there's great prizes as well. We have... Uh, um, a number of sponsors who have donated um, tons and tons of prizes. There's a, a couple hundred prizes. So every single person who enters, regardless of whether you have the top score or the bottom score, you will win a prize. Um, and they're all poetry and writing-related prizes. There's books. There's services. There's subscriptions to different things. There's there's all kinds of really great things. So I encourage you to check out the whole list of prizes because you, you definitely will win something just for entering. Um, so just click on 2007 Contest from the main Poetry Superhighway menu, and uh, all that stuff is there. Plus, if you win, if you're one of the top three winners, you're going to win a bunch of cash. And the way that we uh, award our winners is we take all the entry fee money and we divide that amongst the top three winners. So if we take in 500 uh, poems, that's $500. Um, half of that goes to the uh, top winner, um, 30% of it goes to uh, the person who comes in second place, and 20% of it goes to the person who comes in third place. So if you win, you're going to get a bunch of cash, um, a great prize, and we have, uh, we've always had over 500 entries in our contest the last, well, this is the 10th year of the contest, so it's been doing really well, on top of which you will definitely win something just for entering. So it's a pretty cool contest, and it really uh, the, the reason why we do the, it this way, where everyone gets a prize, is to help kind of further the mission of the Poetry Superhighway, which is to expose as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. Um, I could hear some of you getting nervous out there when I uh, said to expose as many people, but uh, luckily that sentence continued, and uh, so there's no worries no worries there. So call in. Uh, we want to hear your poetry. Um, the phone number is 646-716-7362. Uh, some of the people who were uh, poets of the week um, during the last couple of months have been invited special to call in and uh, looking forward to hearing from them and sharing their work with you. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to start off with a poem to because uh, I know you're all nervous there reading in front of people. So here is a poem by me. It's called How to Kiss. Uh, backstory behind this poem, in case you're interested. Uh, this, uh, I was at a friend's house, and it was her birthday party, and she, uh, kind of as a joke gift, received a book called How to Make Love to a Man. And it was a kind of a mimeographed book from the 50s or so, which had all this... Uh, all this, you know, formal advice uh, on how to actually go about courting and, and getting to that moment. So I thought that more modern guides to such things uh, should exist. And so here is a poem I wrote a few years ago called How to Kiss. One, locate someone other than yourself. Make sure they have lips. Two, find out if the person you've located is agreeable to kissing. You can do this any way you want, except for asking. Three, make sure you have your lips with you. Nothing is more embarrassing than moving to kiss someone and realizing you've left your lips at home or in the car. 
unless you happen to be in the car, where you can slyly move to adjust the radio, slapping on your lips during the confusion. 4. Tell the person their eyes make you want to do gymnastics, or at least be present where gymnastics are being done. 5. Touch the hand, any hand, not your own hand. 6. Lean your head forward at a slight angle, such as 15 degrees, so your foreheads will connect first, as if you're attempting a Vulcan mind meld. If your minds actually begin to meld, milk it. 7. Slowly re-angle your head so your lips become parallel with his or hers. Practice this ahead of time using a protractor. 8. Allow your lips to make contact with the other lips, but don't move them. Remain completely still for 28 minutes, or until you hear an electronic beeping indicating it is time to move on to step 9. This time may vary depending on political climate and lip gloss. 9. Repeat steps 5 through 8. 10. Clear your head so the only thing you can focus on is a PBS special on the beaver. 11. Begin moving your lips in slow up-and-down fashion, moving them from left to right every 15 seconds. 12. Force your tongue through your subject's lips and teeth. Fight past their tongue. Charge forward until you reach the uvula. Kissing is just an intimate game of capture the uvula. 13. Abandon all tenderness with reckless nibbling of anything fleshy you encounter. 14. Congratulations. You are now kissing. 15. Imagine life as a Frenchman. Well, how strange. Normally I read poetry at open readings where there are actually people and there's some kind of reaction, even booing sometimes, but some kind of reaction. I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, um, I'm going to have to put a uh, um, an applause sound on this, so that way um, we can all feel good about what happens after we read our poems. So, again, the call-in number is uh, area code 646-716-7362. I've got someone on the line. Um, I think it's Cheryl Snell. Um, it Cheryl, is. is that you? It's me. Oh, hi. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You were a featured poet um, in the last couple of months? That's right. Last couple of weeks, in fact. Ah, yes. They all run together <laughs> for me, but uh, that's great. Well, congratulations on that. And um, so, uh, where are you from? Glendale, Maryland. Glendale, outside Maryland. Outside of D.C., yeah. Ah, wow. So, um, we have a Glendale, California, just down the street, so um, I thought... When you said Glendale, we would immediately go have coffee after the show, but I guess <laughs> that Maryland been nice. is, uh, is not going to cut it. <laughs> but Great. So um, would you like to read some poetry for us? I would. I'd like to read Message from Home. Okay. All that August, 
the house seesawed between heat and wet. Bedraggled relations in souvenir shirts wondered if they brought enough clean underwear. We exchanged gifts earmarked for the junk drawer. The front door swelled shut and I cased the window like a thief. They split into clicks, filling blackout hours with clannish grievance. I wondered why until my head ached. When mornings cooled and we recognized the coffee steam for what it was, we divided snapshots, reminiscing already, energized by the idea of parting. In the wake of kissed air and reconfigured goodbye, I stood at the door waving, long past the hour that would have them turning back, frantic with apology, and rushing into the house convinced that they had left something precious there, something they would recognize if they ever saw it again. The end. Very nice. Thank you. Now I'm reminded why I selected you to be Poet of the Week. (laughs) The the concept of wearing wearing a clean underwear uh, struck me, um, <laughs> being one of the crucial components of you know existence, just in in case of accidents or any situation <laughs> where suddenly someone might see your underwear. So uh, I'm super happy that you included that in there, just as, you know a public service beyond the the beauty of your poem. Uh, You're well. funny. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, so do you participate in uh, readings in in Maryland? Uh, sometimes I do, yes. Cool. More uh, soon, because uh, I have a novel coming out, and I guess they're going to have me on the road somewhat. Oh, great. Uh, so it's a, a company that's that's going to send you out uh, to, to do readings in different places? It's a little uh, Baltimore publishing house <laughs> called Writer's Lair Books. And uh, I'm the first uh, uh, literary fiction writer that they, they have on their list. So it's a new start for everybody. Wish us luck. That's great. Do you ever go to open readings locally, or? Oh, sure. We have a nice little uh, uh, bookstore down in Kensington, and I've uh, done a reading uh, there several times. And they have a nice series too on a monthly basis, as uh, do some of the other venues. Yeah, it's a pretty active uh, uh, literary life. That's great. Yeah. Um, y- you got another poem you want to share with us? Oh, all right. Uh, This is called Charge. We bear down hard on our enfeebled, our altered ones, even as we avert our eyes from the spectacle of their personal devastation. His stringy biceps as he tugs on a swim cap, her once girlish gait listing like a shipwreck. In our dreams, we hear the snap of latex gloves as we hand over the moment of our indecision. At dawn, we set about straightening the house, closing closet doors on the skeleton of memory. The brain's wiring unravels backwards. We lose first what was foremost. So when your aging brother strides out, eccentric, sway-backed as a soldier mocking himself, seeking persistently exciting inputs that will charge him up enough to take one more run at you, you stand defenseless on the doorstep, waving your something red, Hmm. Very nice. Is Thank that uh, is that a poem? Well, actually, no, it's a novel coming out, so that wouldn't be in your book. Uh. Well, it kind of is. It was based on a visit from my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. <laughs> he makes a little cameo in the novel. Don't Great. tell him, though. 
Well, let me give out the phone number one more time. Uh, and invite everyone listening to call in and share poetry. It doesn't have to be your own work. Um, you know, uh, Cheryl, was it was it an okay experience? Uh, was it too scary to, to read on the phone here? Oh, not at all. This is fun. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. um, so uh, again, the call in number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Call in and read your poetry. We'd love to love to um, share your voice and your work with the entire universe who is uh, listening right now as we speak. I got an email from the universe, by the way, so they did assure me that they would be listening. Um, cool. Well, uh, Cheryl, maybe you'd like to read one last poem uh, before we move on to the next thing. Do you have uh, – or actually, before we do that, do you have any – do you have any? Uh, do you have a website or anything that you want to plug? Well, I have two uh, blogs. One is an author's blog for the uh, novel called uh, shivasarms.blogspot.com. And the other one is a, a blog that features my poetry and my sister's artwork, and that's mm. called snellsisters.blogspot.com. Oh, great. So Shiva's Arms, that's S-H-I-V-A-S? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, great. Okay, well, um, let's hear one last poem, and, and uh, I really appreciate you calling in. Oh, thank you. This is called Avatar, and uh, it's ending image I also use in the novel. The boy sits astride the dagger of land, watching Jesus' lizards skip toward the bottom of the world. From his left hand, the moon rises. In his right, he catches the setting sun. Pilgrims come to witness the phenomenon. With cones of bel puri in their hands, they watch blue shadows lengthen in the boy's brain. A shiver ascends the knuckles of his father's spine. In the temple, he sits with back bowed, his head in his hands. Quarter tones float past like speech obscured by a trick of air. From the sanctuary of carved white pillars, priests with sun-bleached eyes chant slokas. Against a cycle of relentless beginning, they believe that nothing ever dies, though the world is made of tears and sweat, the sea. Oh wow! Great, great, great ending. Uh, I love those startling endings that that come out of nowhere. Um, well done. Thank you. Um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come to uh, L.A. and participate in my open reading at the Cobalt Cat. Well, you know what? This is good enough. <laughs> this is an actual open reading that I'm doing. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for being the the first open reader ever, Cheryl. Well, it was my privilege. And, Thanks for having me. Uh, oh, no problem. And uh, good luck with your uh, with your book and your tour and all of that. And and please uh, keep sending poetry to the Poetry Superhighway. And um, and I hope you call in on our next open reading. I certainly will. And all thank right. you. Bye. Bye bye. All right. I've got a uh, I've got another caller on the line um, from the six one four area code. We'll get to you in just one second. Um, once again, the uh, area the phone number to call in um, is area code six four six. Seven one six four three six two. Definitely uh, encourage you to call in and uh, share your poetry. And um, again, there are no content or style restrictions. You can uh, read anything that you want. It's the internet. We don't have uh, the FCC um, uh, or anyone really uh, uh, telling us what we can't do. So uh, anything you would like to to share with us would be great. Um, also. Um, you can send me an instant message. Uh, the uh, my screen name is Rick Poet, and would be happy to hear um, you know read your message. If for some reason you're having trouble connecting, and you can ask any questions about the Poetry Superhighway or or any of that, 
Um, so, caller from the 614 area code, are you uh, are you with us? No. All right. Um, something happened, and that person is no longer with us. Okay. Cool. Um, or maybe it's just a, a, a psychic open reading. That was just a pause so you could uh, psychically hear the poem that uh, was being read. So, again, uh, please call in the number 646-716-7362. I want to share with you a poem by um, a poet whose work I admire a great deal. Um, The poet is Jeffrey McDaniel, and um, this this, um, poem is from his uh, book, Alibi School, which came out on Manic D Press. Um, And uh, let's turn to the right page here. Um, This is is the poem called The Offer by Jeffrey McDaniel. I want to locate a bit of you, cradle it, say this. There is no word for this, but they will. They who name everything will define our actions as we auction our bodies off to sleep. In our single dream, we compose a manifesto on the irregularity of scars. The very idea demands preparation as if choosing a school for an angel. There are no angels, just those things blinking like the teeth of jackals around the moon's significant tremble. Isolate the idea of shaking our bodies under the blank comfort of down and tell me which way will our knuckles face. Now shake the idea of our isolated bodies as the sheets become our mirror. If you stay, the walls will admit their cracks. See it forming already on their lips. That's Jeffrey McDaniel from Alibi School. Um, All right, we have uh, several callers on the line. Um, Going back to the 614 area code, do we have have you on the air? Are you there? Uh, I'm sorry, I guess I clicked the wrong button. It's a caller from the 447 uh, area code. Hello? Hi. Hi, it's Paula. Paula Small. Hi, Paula. Hello. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. Where are you from, Paula? I was originally from, well, I used to live in Van Nuys, but now I live in London. You live in London? Yes. And I'm actually in Van Nuys right now. I know. That's that's wild. <coughs> great. Where in London do you live? My wife and I. Hello? I'm in, oh my gosh, I'm hearing myself on this. Okay. Yeah, you should, you should turn your, your your audio down on the computer. I did. Okay, good. Okay. Anyway, I'm actually in North London. North London, okay. Yes. Cool. So um, yes. would you uh, share some uh, share a poem with us? I will. I, um, I titled this one, Nature's Concerto. Okay. And so we'll see how it goes. The rhythm of falling rain was probably man's first melody. Drops turned to drizzle and became a downpour. Rhythm and blues for the soul. Nature's way of telling us, relax and renew. Deliberately, my feet find the gutter with its endless puddles. Reminders of my childhood when dreams of being a legend were made. The universe's way of telling me, remember 
and rejoice. Hmm. The rain pelts my skin with memories. Drops trickling past my eyes, nose, and lips, finally returning to join others, they slide down my fingertips. No need for lessons. I'm a natural pianist. Tickling the keys of dawn and dusk with the sun and moon. Life's elixir cascades and crescendos on a staff filled with notes of time, past, and present. Nature composed my first concerto. Staring out a window, watching the rain, I'm still listening. That's it. Nice. Same. So does that, uh, the poem imply that you just uh, picked up the piano without any lessons? No, I actually can't play. <laughs> but it was raining at the time, so, you know, my brain just kind of went in that direction for some reason, and music kind of popped in, as it always does. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So do you, um, do you, when I was in London uh, the first time, I went to a reading at the, in, in Covent Garden at the poetry. Yeah, Cafe. the poetry, okay. yeah. I've been there. Okay. Yeah. Still I haven't read yet, but I've been there. That's on uh, Wednesdays, yeah? On uh, Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays, okay. Just like, I know, just like, just like the cobalt. The cobalt. So I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm actually kind of busy on Tuesdays uh, in in Canoga Park, California, so it would be difficult for me to be in, you know, go to a different Tuesday reading. You should try it, though. In London, you know, but, uh, well, you know, the, actually, the time difference, I, I could probably make it, actually. You uh, could. isn't a conflict, because they're both on Tuesday <laughs> evenings in different parts of the world. Well, I'm glad we figured that out, because uh, I, I really know. enjoyed that, that uh, space. Five pounds, as I recall, just to get in, and, uh, or maybe it's gone up. This was, that was a bunch of years ago I was there. Yeah, it's actually a little cheaper. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, if you can imagine. <laughs> I can't, actually. <laughs> uh, especially uh, knowing the uh, the, the uh, exchange rate between dollars and pounds. Um, I know, but I think they want you to drink more, so that's, you know, the whole thing. You can pick up, you know, a bottle of ale and hear a poem. It works. You should try that there, too. <laughs> I, I will, I will. We're actually, <laughs> my wife and I are actually heading to... Uh, to Amsterdam, Belgium, and Paris on Wednesday, so we we won't quite. Oh. And, and I, I don't think we're hitting any readings when we're there, but uh, but we'll be, be hitting lots of plenty ale. of ale. <laughs> sure, uh, I will. That'll be you know. great. But uh, cool. Well, uh, I've got another right. poem on the line, but do you want to share yes. uh, one more poem? Um, I didn't have another one actually. Well, I mean, I have. I, I could put the other caller on the line, and uh, and would you like? Okay, to and then I'll come, and then I'll come back and yeah. All right. Okay, I'll find another poem. Okay, so hang on. All right. And uh, I'm going to uh, now finally get to um, the caller from the 614 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi, um, who's this? Debbie Schroeser. Say it again. Debbie Schroeser. Steady Schroeser. Uh, Debbie. Debbie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Um, so uh, where are you from, Debbie? I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And um, I actually saw a posting that uh, Cheryl Snell had on the gazebo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So did you listen to her read a few uh, minutes ago? Um, sure. I'd be happy to read a poem. Well, no, actually what, what I asked was did you listen to her read? I, I want you to yes. read a poem. But yes, I did. It sounds like you got your computer on, so you're probably getting a little confused hearing my voice on your phone and the delay of the uh, computer uh, audio. But um, So Cheryl read a few minutes ago, and I, so you, you did hear her. 
Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed her reading. I, I guess I'm getting a little bit of reverb, so maybe I'll just go to a different room. Yeah, yeah, as long as you're not in the same room as your computer, that's the way it works because there's a delay on the uh, on the computer, so you want to listen on the phone. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm out of the room. So Cool. So so you um you got a poem for us, Debbie. Uh yeah. Um the poem I have um I guess I'll read it first. Um White Crosses. One stood alone, three beside the oak tree. A few dotted turquoise pastures, fields, a dozen scattered around hairpin curves to the college campus. At night they glowed through the years, one wooden cross for each life. When the town widened both lanes and straightened the newly lit road, no one could stop the mayor who pulled and tossed armfuls like stiff weeds into trash bags. Now the mothers, fathers, and loved ones have nowhere to dry their eyes. Very nice. Um, this, is, this, this is when I would press the uh, applause button uh, if I had one. <laughs> but go ahead, I interrupted you, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, th- this poem I, I wrote um, basically uh, when I went to college, um, there was a lot of curves in the road um, on the way. And um, there was a lot of um, partying and some drunken driving that took place. And the roads weren't very well lit either. So um, when I went uh, years later, I noticed that all the crosses that were by the side of the road were gone. And they had actually um, made the road wider, and uh, they had taken down all the crosses. So it was um, it was a spot in the road. Uh, well, actually, if you kind of looked along the side of the road, I mean, there were just so many crosses that you could never miss it. And it was just, I mean, if you ever see it, 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 it was just Pretty awful. Wait, so the crosses are where the where people died because of road yeah. accidents? Yeah. So when we were in college, we would try to slow down um, when we drove along that section of the road because we would always think about you know all that had happened in the past. And then when they fixed the road, when they made it wider and they lit it up, they they took down the crosses. So that's why. Um, it really, um, really affected me when when I saw that. The the fact that the crosses were gone. Right. Oh, it's interesting because you know the road is obviously safer now, but there's you know this memorial you know of, of what had happened there is is you know absent. Right. Right. <clears throat> wow. Well, um, do you? Uh, um, well, I guess I'll ask you the same questions I asked our, our other readers. Do you, do you participate in readings in Ohio? Uh, yes, I do. Um, quite a few in, in Columbus. Uh, Columbus is pretty active mm-hmm. in terms of poetry. Um, I participate in uh, Pudding House um, publications. Uh, Jennifer Boswell, um, there's a salon where there's a lot of uh, poetry workshopping that takes place once a month. So I participate in that. And um, there's also a bookstore here, um, Arapagetica, and... Um, there's a few groups there that um, host open mic readings with featured readers, and um, I was actually featured at a, I think it's Parapathetic um, Poets. Um, they had a reading then, and then I, I've been invited, uh, not this October, but next October, to read at the um, 
Ohio Poets Guild. Hmm. So yeah, there it, it's it's really it's really a great place for poets to read and um, intermingle. So yeah, it's really sounds great. like there's a lot going on. So so Pudding House is based there as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I've interacted with uh, Jennifer a bit on the uh, on the on the internet, you know, as, through the Poetry Superhighway and other things. I know she's got the, I mean, God, she puts out a new chapbook for someone every ten minutes. It seems like she's it's quite an active uh, press she's got going. Yeah, yeah, she she's very very active. Um, you know, it, yeah, yeah, she she's always looking for new poets. So you know, everyone just you know, send in your chapbooks and your poetry to her because I mean, she's just always looking out for new voices. So it's it's, it's really good. That's that's a great tip because I know, you know, people are always asking me, you know, advice on on how to get published and and what to do and where to go and and to have another resource out there of someone who really just looks out for for new voices just as you said is is a great resource. So, um I do you know the do you know the website for Pudding House? Uh, um offhand? Yeah, I can actually look right now. Um, I could take a quick look if you'd like. Yeah, go and ahead. Um, um, and uh, in the meantime, I just want to uh, give out the phone number again and, and remind everyone listening that you are invited to call in and participate in this worldwide open reading. Um, we're planning on doing this every month. I don't have a specific day or you know uh, yet in mind. I'm not positive it's going to be the third Sunday or you know anything in particular because schedules change and and. Uh, but it's going to happen roughly every month, and so every month you'll have the chance to, just like at any open reading at any place you might go to in your local community, um, call in and read to a, a worldwide community. Um, our shows get archived, so once the show is over, um, anyone can go to our our, sh- our uh, page at Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash PSH, and uh, listen to all of the past shows. Uh, for example, right now in the archive is the show that we had a few weeks ago where I interviewed the judges of the po- of the currently running Poetry Superhighway Contest, which you should all enter because, as I mentioned, you will definitely get a prize just for entering, and it's only a dollar a poem. And you could win uh, the big uh, cash prize as well. Um, kind of sounds like a game show when I say it that way, but it's not. It's a legitimate uh, poetry contest with uh, with judges and, and et cetera. So, um, all right, so Debbie, do you? Uh, oh, the phone number actually to call in right now if you'd like to read is area code six four six seven one six seven three six two. So Debbie, do you have that uh, address? Yeah, it's www. dot pudding um, p u d d i n g house. It's all one word. dot com. Great. Um, cool. So everyone should check that and that out. Another great resource for uh, for poets uh, on the web in terms of looking uh, to places where you might get published. And if you're just looking for some poetry, you're definitely going to find some there because I, I, you know, I I know one of the many projects that they do there is is the Best of series, and they, there's been there there's has to have been hundreds of them by this point. But uh, they're constantly putting out new books. So great. So do you have another poem for us, Debbie? Um, sure. Okay. Um, this poem is um, it's from actually the perspective of my great-grandmother. Um, she, she passed away maybe 10, maybe 15 years ago, but her feet were actually bound because um, she uh, grew up in China. Okay. Okay. Lotus leaves. At three, mother wraps cloth around my feet. 
Every day she binds them tighter to shape my future. Her love bending toes to curl like lotus leaves, the small pointed ones of a graceful dancer charming princes of China centuries ago. The pain gnaws my bones, sleep interrupted, the only comfort in dreams of a wealthy husband. The law frees me a few years late, feet too small for standing or walking fast. I learn to shout and raise the family alone, sewing shirts until eyes burn. My hatred is reserved for those swaying steps, always leaning on a bamboo cane. Hmm. It's very challenging, I think, to try to put yourself uh, in in the voice of someone else, um, uh, and, and probably a great exercise for anyone to try. I mean, often we, I think, we write poetry, you know, obviously from our own voice or or observationally on things that we're 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 seeing, but to actually put yourself in in the the place of someone else and imagine you are them and and speaking it, it certainly it's nothing new in poetry but it's it's a bit more challenging i think yeah i i saw my um great grandmother when i was a child and um and she always had a lot of difficulty walking <laughs> and um uh, my mother would explain it because she was actually just a couple couple years off so she never actually had her feet bound completely um because you know, she never went through the whole process because it got outlawed. Um, so just after a couple of years, they they unbound them, and so it really didn't serve the purpose that um, that it was intended for. Hmm. So, yeah. But um. Well, Debbie, before I, I let you go, I've got two other callers on the line. I'm going to go back to to Paula from London, so she can read a, another poem. And I, I think I've got Michael Johnson uh, uh, online, who I'll put on the air in a few minutes as well. Um, uh, do you, do you have your own website or anything that you want to plug or a book or anything like that? Uh, nope, not yet. <laughs> all right. Well, just uh, thanks for all the the plugs that you gave for for Ohio uh, and for uh, for uh, for, uh, for uh, Jennifer Bosel for your community. You're 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 putting up, putting up for your community. So, well done. And thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, Paula. Yes. Are you yes. ready to? Uh, I, I realize you're probably long distance calling from London, and I, I probably shouldn't have waited so long to get back to you. <laughs> no, no, that was fine. I actually enjoyed listening. I think we, we've probably spent, <laughs> you know, you know, a thousand pounds of your money already just uh, with you on hold. But um, so you got something else for us? I do, I do. Um, this one I titled "Sidewalk," but you know that can change at any time. Okay, so here we go. Okay. I walked the sidewalk lined with cracks from time and use marred by years of abuse. I followed the sidewalk north, found a park with uneven pavement, green grass shining from morning. I continued on the sidewalk, found a shop of chocolates, sweet ones, and bitter. Light and dark symbols of reality made from life's dream of milk and honey. Walking along the sidewalk, I found a boutique filled with others' discards, waiting to become another's treasure. Symbols of life's ebbs and flows. Some people come and some people go. I returned to the sidewalk lined with cracks, 
with no desire to come back. Return from where I came, tired of finding mirrors of life, the game. Hmm. Where's that sent? Where's that, pardon? I mean, I mean, where do you, where do you envision that? I mean, I know you're in London, so that, you know, for some reason that seems exotic to me. I mean, the location. So I'm wondering if if the, you wrote the poem in London. I did. About, I did. Okay. On many, on one of my many, many walks around <laughs> around town. What do you What do you do there? I am temping, actually, temping and trying to do some traveling. So um, this was, I think, actually before I even started temping because I spent about a month just kind of getting my bearings around. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, spot in London uh, that, that you like to go to? Wow. Um, not yet, actually. I don't think I have a favorite spot. Um, yeah, I know I like going to the countryside. Because I think I, I definitely can think better when I'm out in the country. Because um, I associate, I think, London with, you know, every day, the day-to-day grind sort of thing. Um, That's interesting. But, I, you know, it's I suppose any place that we travel um, to a traveler is really interesting and, and fascinating. The, the daily grind is fascinating, you know? Yeah, you know, we, yeah. Like I mentioned, you know, my wife and I were just in London last summer for 10 days and you know it's going about certainly there's a lot of tourists and and we went to a lot of those kinds of things but for the most part what's going on in london is people going about their day-to-day business and and if you (laughs) remove yourself from your own situation and you're in a place where everyone's doing that it just you know you kind of become hyper aware of everyone else's normality and it becomes you know fantastic in a way yeah, I definitely think, because um, I know I'm probably, you know, among quite a large population of people who are traveling and working at the same time. Hmm. Um, but I think that's the thing. I'm not really a tourist. So I don't have the luxury of just kind of, you know, bopping around town and really staying in, a gen- you know, like one general area of London. I have to do that whole commute like everybody else every day, <laughs> you know, during rush hour, if you will. Um on the tube. Yeah, yeah, on the tube and the bus, you know. So um, I think that's given me a whole different perspective <laughs> in terms of just even writing because I'm always trying to find some cramped space under someone's armpit to write. So. <laughs> exotic smells for your poetry. You know? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure some of that will permeate. my, <laughs> And you'll find some of those later. Yeah, I mean, conversely, you know, when you're in the day-to-day grind of your city, no matter how an amazing place it is, you, you, you know, we all, I think we all tend to not appreciate our own places. You know, I know every time I've traveled anywhere, you know, I, I tend to be sort of a turbo tourist and, and really get to as many places possible and, and really pack the days. And I talk to locals, and mm-hmm. I, I invariably have been to places that they at least haven't been to, if not haven't heard of at all you know yeah it's sort of the, the deal when you're you just don't you know appreciate the place that you're in because you're in your your daily grind yeah no that definitely happens and i think um i know that happened when i used to live in you know in the valley of la um which, which and actually any city California. yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, whenever I lived any city in Southern California, it always seemed people were really, especially over here, people were like, wow, L.A. must be so fascinating. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's it not is. so fascinating I, I, when you're stuck in three hours of traffic. Right. I mean, I, I work from home, so my commute's from, you know, one room to the other, so it's not so bad for me. But at the same time, I'm at home a lot and out, not out amongst L.A. But, L, you know, everyone should visit the San Fernando Valley, I think, Uh Yes, the valley's uh, underappreciated. There's a there's a bagel shop just down the street. Um, uh, there's good food in the valley. It's, trust me, I live in London. I appreciate the good food of the valley now. Well, we had great food when we were in London. So if if, if you need recommendations, uh, let us know, and we will. Uh, we, we're vegetarians, so we you know we're kind of oriented that way. But you know, send me an email, and I'll send you a list of all the places that we ate because we weren't disappointed at all. Okay, I will. And I'll blame you if, you know, I don't like anything. Please, please do. <laughs> Start a campaign. Um, well, Paula, um, thank you yes. so much for calling in. Um, yes, no, thank you. A lot. And, um, you know, please participate in future open readings. Here's I will. I'll tune in anyway. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. You have fun. <laughs> Enjoy the heat. <laughs> will do. Bye. Bye. All right, we are going to get to um, our next caller, Michael Johnson, in just one second. Let me um, make a couple of, uh, give you a couple pieces of information. Again, uh, anyone can call in who is listening. We'd love to hear your poetry. Um, you can read anything you want of any style whatsoever. Um, no restrictions in terms of content or language or any of that. Um, the call in number is area code 646 716 Six, two, and um, oh. let's see. Do we have a uh, Michael on the air? Yes, we do. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm just frustrated, Rick. I've been, you know, I'm on dial-up here, and so I'm just, you know, something between listening on dial-up with a delay and then uh, struggling to get the phone number in, and uh, then all of a sudden it gets disconnected, and I'm calling back. So it's a little bit hectic, but uh, I'm here now. Well, it seems like you're here now, and and all and and all will be good because you'll you'll read some poetry, and we'll forget that any of that uh, badness happened. Oh yes, and uh, it's just it's one of the uh, believe it or not in Illinois today it's an extremely humid uh, day, you know. So it's you know I don't know how to say it, but your moods vary from day to day depending on what the weather is. Believe it or not, sometimes the humidity is just unbelievable today. Wow. You know, but uh, I don't where, know. It sounds like it's pretty hot where you're at, too, though, eh? It's, it's actually not so bad. It's definitely not humid at all, and it hasn't been overly hot. So it's oh, well, really then kinda, that's better. It's been kind of the really you know, comfortable L.A. weather, which, you know, attracts so many people here. So you, you preempted my first question, which is where, where are you from, and that's mm -hmm. where in Illinois? I'm actually a real small community, uh, you know, in uh, Illinois. It's actually a southwest suburb. It's called Itasca, Illinois, I-T-A-S-C-A. And it's, uh, you know, people are not familiar with Chicago when you say, well, it's a small little place. Well, actually, it's just another suburb, you know what I mean? But it's a little community within itself, about uh, 9 to 11 miles southwest of uh, O'Hara. Okay, so the the greater Chicago area for reference for people. there you go. Same thing with L.A. You know, and every there's a million little communities here, and you know, exactly a lot easier to just to say L.A. sometimes you know, without having to explain. You know, yeah. But, but there you go. So, um, so do you have a do you have a poem to share with us? Well, I hope so. I've got three sets of glasses, so I just hope uh, one of them works. <laughs> one, well, you know, one for reading six inches away, one for reading eighteen inches away, and one for driving. You know. 
But, but I, uh, I hope you're not calling in while driving. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. Uh-uh. I write poems about self-mania. You know, I, I don't do that. That's a bad practice. Good. <laughs> you know? it's Actually, now, it's just for the, the, the fascination of the listeners, it's now uh, a law was just passed that makes it illegal to uh, here in L.A. to uh, talk on your uh, – have your cell phone in your hand and drive at the same time. You have to use a – a hands-free device. And that's the way it is in Chicago, but not the yeah. suburbs. Cool. You know, cool. here. Cool but, uh, yeah, it drives me wild when I see people do that. I think in a way, I mean, you know, it's just my own preference because I don't even have a cell phone, and ironically, I run a business. But the bottom line is I think uh, sometimes that they're worse than a drunk driver, <laughs> you know, all things considered. But uh, Well, it's the same thing. I mean, you're you're distracted, you know, when you uh, when you're doing anything else but concentrating on on the the work of being safe and etc. So exactly. Um, wow, we've covered the weather and and yeah, we have safely, and I yeah. I I think we should get to some poetry right. here. <laughs> I've got one here. Uh, it was written back all the way back to 1980. I've got poems ranging from 1967 all the way to the present, so it's quite a quite an array of things. But here's one called In December. Okay. In December, Miami sun stands out on the south tip of Florida like a full-blossomed orange. Wind-torn sunshine eats away at those Florida skies. Spanish accents echo through Caribbean Boulevard loud like an old-town crier misplaced in a metro suburb. Off the east coast, 90 miles, westward winds carry inward to foreign sounds lifting off Castro's larynx. And the faint smell of an old musty... Cuban cigar touches the sand in the shoreline. That's one. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you know, it's uh, had that around for a long time—twenty years, twenty-six years, believe it or not. So I assume you found the right glasses. Uh, well, I'm. How do I say it? I'm holding them near the keyboard, and I'm distancing myself about eighteen inches, and I'm praying I don't stutter too much. <laughs> you, you're going through quite a lot just to participate in this reading, and I, it's. Uh, I, you know, there should be some kind of award, or you know, just just for what you're doing, just so we can hear your poetry today. Well, you know, it's it's a uh, you know, and I don't know how to say this, but. <sighs> I think poets and editors uh, have a lot in common and, and a few things not in common. But I think the one thing that, at least I'm going to speak for myself, the one thing I have learned is, number one, most editors are good. Uh, I occasionally run across somebody that uh, is very snippy and so forth. But when you get to know the business a little bit, you come to the realization that we're both doing the same thing. We're basically spending a lot of our own time because of something we, we perceive as a passion. Uh, we're in both involved in formatting. We're both involved in editing. Uh, and the reality is, is that you sort of, at least I do, come to an appreciation of just how much effort small press, I'm just using that term very liberally, but small press meaning e-zines or whether it be uh, a print production or whether it be online, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. you come to an appreciation of just how much effort people put into these things. And I've often said that, uh, if uh, you know, thank God for small press, because if, if there was no small press, poets would be out in the cornfield screaming at the wind. And I have those. to be honest with you, a lot of poets do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> a little bit inebriated with themselves. Or we actually just planted a cornfield just, just so we could have that space to, uh, to, you know, to, to exist in. Yeah. Oh, hey, but while we're on this topic real quick, you want to hear one right down the, right down the road in, in a cornfield? I got one of those here. Sure, Indiana I definitely poem. want to hear that one. Yeah, this is a good one. It'll fit right in. Indiana poem. Breaking loose from the state line of Illinois, bursting down the Indiana toll road near Lake Station, heading south 
smelling smoke of all old gray steel mills seeping out of Gary, left behind me, steel men, strong men, ribs of fire, courage of union dreamers, long gone, most laid off, pension plans stolen, <clears throat> lost my place there, pension plans stolen, stolen, now gas station employees, travelers of the past, snuff chewers and labor wages, small lakes and fishing ponds with half-sunken boats, with tips pointed sky high and memories dipping off the lips of clouds. I'm banging out 75 miles an hour in my Raspberry Geo tracker, but as Jesus said, I tell you the truth, nothing ever changes in Indiana but the seasons and the size of the corn ears. Mm. Very good. Yep, there we go. So do you um, do you participate in readings in Indiana? Never, 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 never. I never have. Um, you know, I'm just, I don't know how to say it. Uh, my story's sort of uh, unique in a sense. I... I carried poetry when I was a Vietnam War resistor in Canada. I, I traveled all over Canada for 10 years, and I lived up there during the Vietnam era. And so oftentimes my car would break down or, uh, you know, I, I would have nothing but the clothing on my back. And uh, for some reason I, I, I kept my poetry as I went along and never threw it away and ended up with a huge box of poetry and never had the time and knew the pay, poetry didn't pay. So I basically halfway ignored it, and uh, then ironically I started putting it together uh, with the advent of the Internet as opposed to the old way of having to mail everything out laboriously. So bottom line is is that I've been amazed that, uh, you know, I spent the last six months revising, revising and reviving these poems, and ironically they've just been getting published everywhere. Yeah, I just, and as a matter of fact, I should point out that we just published you on the Poetry Superhighway. It's not this week, it was last week. Right? Uh, I think you certainly did. You've been good to me. You know, and uh, and I appreciate your efforts, and uh, that's a good part of the reason for why I, I was so determined to call in today. Because, yeah, I think I think I was a featured poet last week. I'm not for sure, yeah. but uh, it was, I remember because it was two two Michaels. Um, right, right. Uh, oh, and, that's right. And in right. fact, there's another Michael this week. So there's something about you know midsummer Michaels uh, <laughs> yeah. could be a theme for our future. So let me get this straight. You've you've never participated in an open reading or, or been to a reading that kind of thing? never. So this this phone call is your very first open reading. Absolutely. Well, that is uh, well that is fantastic, and I you know I, I say this a lot when I host a, the live in person reading at the Cobalt Cafe uh, in in Canoga Park, Southern right. California, uh, where where a lot of people come and read for the first time. Um, it's it's a brave thing to do, uh, you know, if you've never done it before, um, and it's something that so congratulations on doing that. Well, I appreciate it, and you're right, because, I mean, I have a reasonably good voice, and, and my delivery's fine, but, you know, the reality is you become a little bit hypersensitive, so you start to trip on some of your words, or you have a pause or a sensation, and it's difficult to control that. But, um, again, I think that's just a matter of uh, experience, lack of experience in this case. Well, that's great. I think, you know, another, you know, effect of it, and it sounds like you're, you're kind of recently coming into your poetry, which, is, which has been around for a long time, but right. when you sort of immerse yourselves in a community of poets through, through participating in readings and, and also through submitting your poetry, but you end up hearing a lot of other poetry right. and, and interacting with poets. And I think it, uh, it, at least in my experience, it, you know, you end up, it, it, it ends up affecting your writing in that you might write more, you might write differently, you might do all kinds of different things, but it mm. it does nothing but help, uh, you know. Your well, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, I was just looking into, uh, you know, uh, reading groups or book groups and so forth in the area, and Lord knows, I mean, Chicago should have many of them. 
you know, but the uh, the reality is, I you know, I don't I don't know exactly how to say this, but I'm sort of a not a reclusive guy because I work in sales, but but I'm sort of a uh, how do I say it? I'm not a big time participator, and uh, but on the other hand, I probably should check into uh, local poetry uh, groups. The only thing I'm probably not overly fond of is the notion of uh, loudness and microphones and making things happy and just funny for the sake of being funny and so forth. And I've never experienced it, but I sometimes get the feeling that it's it's more of an event. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, being from the Chicago area as you are, um, which is where slam poetry was invented and originated, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- that's certainly something that, um, that's been discussed a lot. And there's mm-hmm. there's... You know, some, there's an argument: Is there a difference between poetry and spoken word? And is everything that sounds great in a performance style does it work on the page? And right. and you know, the fact is, there, there's no cut and dry answer. Things really overlap. And if you are a great reader, you know, stuff that isn't you know necessarily uh, you know the best on the page will sound amazing. Or if you're a, a great reader, stuff that sounds great on the page will sound just as amazing. And conversely, if, if you're not that great at, at you know, reading your work out loud, you know, the the most amazing poem may fall a little flat. So, right. you know, in Chicago uh, or in, in your general area, there's probably a million things going on. Um, well, the, sure the, one, of, one of the issues, though, Rick, is just probably like it is in L.A., you know, you use the word Chicago, you know, loosely, like people use the word uh, L.A. loosely, but the reality is where I'm at is 25 miles from downtown Chicago. You okay. know what I mean? So I would be more interested in participating in something out in the Schomburg area or, uh, you know, one of the other burbs out in the south, I mean, the northwest or the uh, southwest Chicagoland area. And I'm just not tuned in yet uh, to finding those particular groups, and I'm sure they're around. Well, let me just put it out there for anyone who's in uh, in, the, in the Schomburg area, you mm-hmm. said? Schomburg, Elmhurst, uh, uh, Addison area, uh, Carroll Stream, uh was what's the other one? I can't think of Bloomingdale. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a there's a group of communities here. There, you know. Great. I mean, if if anyone happens to be listening, or anyone listens to the show in the archive and knows of any particular readings uh, mm-hmm. that sound like they might be up Michael's alley, then send me an email at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com, and I'll pass on the info. Or, or conversely, if there's a you know a website or a, a poetry calendar um, for for the greater you know Chicago area. Um, uh, or the, in particular the areas that Michael mentioned, you know, send that info out too, because if it's not already linked on the Poetry Superhighway, it should be in the resources section. But you know, I I, I use it loosely on purpose because in LA, you know, we're we're about 20 miles from downtown itself, but but LA is is a giant city that that doesn't stop from one place to the next. So right. like I, I'd rather go to the reading next door, but you know, I might drive over the hill to Santa Monica and, and spend a half an hour getting there because. You know, someone I know is reading. So you know, it's right. Um, it, but right. that's sort of the LA mentality, also. You know, oh, just a half hour to get there, no problem. We'll, we'll right. Have, you know, so. Well, you know, it's it's actually something I'm going to look into. But I, I think you can appreciate this. Uh, you know, when you have a backlog of things and you're trying to catch up, and at the same time you're trying to run a self-employment business, the reality is, is there's just so much time in a day. You know, and uh, I've been giving the poetry a, a lot of time. We both know that you're not going to be remunerated for it, but the reality is, is I sort of wanted to get this work out before I fell asleep or didn't come back one day or whatever the case might be. And I just had an exigency about doing it, and uh, you know, Lord knows whatever powers behind that. But uh, I do think it's important, and that's why I'm doing it. And well, in, term, in, ter- in terms of remuneration, I, I should point out I, I was uh, featured at a reading uh, last week, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, I received eleven dollars for the tips. Uh, oh, really? So there, there is. Although I'm not exactly paying my mortgage with that eleven dollars, you know, a, a poet friend of mine named Matthew Niblock said once that if you ever make any money from from poetry, uh, whether it's just you know because you did a reading or someone buys a copy of of your book, you should immediately go and buy food with it. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know what? I'm glad you said that, Rick, because I've got a ten dollar money order in my wallet right now. It's been there for a week. I better get busy with that. That's right. I mean, it, the idea being that you're you're susta- literally sustaining yourself with your food, uh, with your poetry, <laughs> with your art. Though. I hear you. Isn't this, and it's so ironic too that you know the society values are so warped that they'll pay uh, a baseball player. Uh, I'm not picking out baseball in particular, but you know, a hundred million dollars for eight years to knock a baseball around, but yet they won't pay someone who has creative talent and ability, like an artist or like a poet or like a whatever. There, there's no way of even sustaining yourself. It's just a. It has to be a labor of love because uh, that that's all there is to it. But but there's something intriguing about, you know, knowing that Carl Sandberger was around this area. There's something intriguing about the legacy that people leave behind. And for whatever that's worth, I, I think that's important. So Great. Well, Michael, listen, we are out of time. Good. Uh, I want to I thank you for calling in and being one of our open readers, and I hope that you call in in the future. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, and I uh, just want to demonstrate a little bit of loyalty and get in touch with you, and uh, I think we did that. Great. Well, thanks again. Thank and, you. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing more of your work. Nice show. And by the way, so was yesterday. I really enjoyed uh, the editors of the upcoming poetry contest. Great. That, that was actually a few weeks ago. You listened to, a, you listened to it in the archives. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. A, oh, I didn't and in know fact, uh, anyone, uh, uh, well, at this point, uh, uh, the, the show has actually gone off the air because it's, um, it's after the hour. But this part is still being recorded and, and will be up in the archive. But anyone can listen to any of the shows after, they, after they're after they done airing in the archives. Oh, so really? I didn't know that. How long does it take for them to get in the archives? Uh, probably 10 to 15 minutes or so after after we, uh, we hang up. Oh, amazing. Okay, well, anyway, listen, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you so much, and you're, you're doing a great job. Love your website and all the different variations and links and so forth. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Fantastic. All right. Okay? All right, bye, Mike. Thank you, Rick. Bye, bye now. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, uh, At this point, I'm sure that you're listening to the archive version of the show. Um, We will do another uh, open reading, um, uh, and and stay tuned to your email to find out when the next one is that you can participate in live. Um, And please visit the Poetry Superhighway website at poetrysuperhighway.com, where you can get uh, all the info. You can read our weekly featured poets. You can enter our contest right now, only a dollar per poem entry. Um, and you'll definitely win something because of our many, many sponsors just for entering, and there's the chance that you'll win the top prize as well, which will be a bunch of cash that you can uh, buy food with. Um, So thanks a lot for listening, and have um, a lovely uh, rest of your day.